you ever find yourself sitting there with your profit and loss statement late at night wondering, what does all this mean? How did I get here? Okay, maybe you don't get that existential, but maybe you want to know more about finance. Maybe you want to improve your financial literacy. That's what we're going to do today. Uh, today, I'm going to be running through nine critical finance terms that you should know as a therapist in private practice. Hey, any business owner should know this stuff. And I think just knowing the vocabulary of things is honestly half the battle. Years ago, I was working for a nonprofit learning construction. And before we started learning how the pieces fit together to build a house, we learned the names of things. This is crucial, right? So having the vocabulary gives you, first of all, the ability to talk about um, uh, the thing, right? Talk about that that um, subject. So in this case, we need to up our financial literacy so that we have the vocabulary to talk about finance. I think a lot of therapists struggle with money, both on the business side and on the personal side. A lot of us, myself included, we have hangups about money and old unhelpful stories, you know, internal stories about money. And, um, I think there's a lot we can do about it. So let's start by equipping ourselves with the vocabulary for finance. What is financial literacy? Well, it's the ability to understand and effectively manage your cash flow, budgeting, cash flow projecting, investing, all sorts of stuff, right? Um, let's get right into the essential financial vocabulary. First, we're going to start by talking about an asset. So asset is our first term for today. An asset is anything tangible or intangible that is owned by the business. Or an asset is really anything that actively makes you money. Now, there's a big um, uh, the, a point here I want to make about the difference between an asset and a liability. And a lot of people tend to get this wrong, at least according to a very helpful book about finance called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. That's... um. You know, that, that book I would consider essential in terms of financial literacy and financial education. It's, um, yeah, just, just check it out. But in this book, you know, he talks a lot about the difference between the two. And what he would say is, for instance, a house is something most people would consider an asset. Well, in fact, it's a liability unless it's a paid off house that's actually producing cash for you. So basically what he means by that is, a house because things and can uh can break can do i don't know why i can't find those words <laughs> whatever can break will break right things are constantly breaking if you own a home so you know that in uh although it is um something you know that um is appreciating in value right but once you're you're on your way to paying off the house you have these monthly house payments and um th it's not an asset that's it's not a thing that is producing cash for you, right? On the other hand, if you had a paid off house and let's say you're renting your in-law suite out for a profit every single month or on Airbnb or whatever, that's an asset. An asset is anything that makes you money, right? He says that until then, it's a liability, right? Because it can cost you money, right? Quite unexpectedly, which uh, hopefully you would agree with that. So, um, what's an asset in your business? Well, in private practice, you know, we, we often don't have a whole lot of assets right off the bat. Um, a main one would be, you know, I think if you actually owned the building that your practice is in, 
or own the office or the suite or whatever. This is not something I hear a lot of, but something that I like to hear more of. I think it's a really wonderful thing to do if you can swing it. Um, you're going to spend a very long time paying rent if you're doing, you know, if you have an in-person practice um, and you're not going to see that money again the same way with, you know, renting an apartment versus owning. So that would be one way to, um, uh, to, to create, you know, an asset. And once it's paid off, you can continue making money from that, um, that building or office or whatever. What other assets are there? Well, there's the kind of intangibles, right, in terms of um, uh, things like your website, your, your email list, any digital assets, the reputation of the brand, etc. When I sold my uh, group practice back in 2019, this was definitely part of it in terms of what assets would go with the business and what assets uh, were, worth, were worth something, right? A website that has really good organic ranking is uh, is hard to do. It's hard to build that. And so if you've built that, that's uh, that's something that will keep producing money, you know, for you. So there's there's no doubt that that's uh, an asset, kind of a digital asset. Okay, number two, what's a liability? Well, a liability is anything that costs or could cost the business money, right? Makes sense. Um, it's it's risk. For example, you know, accounts payable, wages, taxes that you have to pay, your bills, etc. And um, again, your car would would often be considered a, a liability. Um, it's something that can uh, that, that can cost you money more than it can make you money, unless let's say you have a paid off car and you're renting it off, renting it on one of those apps for for positive cash flow every month. All right. Number three, and this is a big one, your profit and loss statement or what's sometimes called your income statement. This just shows how much the business earned and spent in a given period of time. It demonstrates the viability of your business, right? It really reflects in a snapshot the, uh, the, the financial health of your business. And really, you could say a big part of the health of your business, right? A business is just something, you know, an entity that is cash flow positive, We'll talk more about that in a second, right? But on your profit and loss statement, this is going to show what money came in and where it came from, and then what money went out and where it went to in, in a handful of, of main categories, right? This is also part of what your bookkeeper, well, first of all, your bookkeeper should be delivering this to you at least once a month. Once a quarter is not enough for, for people to be, for therapists to be evaluating and monitoring the health of their business. So at least once a month, you get a profit and loss statement. Or if you're doing it yourself, you create it yourself with QuickBooks or whatever. And um, in that statement, you know, you're looking to see what happened in the business. You can also compare one period to the next, right? Like this month compared to last month, or even this month compared to this month last year would be really um, useful to know what kind of growth or decline is happening in your business. And then again, where all the money went. So at a snapshot, you can see all that. And so then this is also what's going to be important to deliver to your tax accountant for, um, uh, for taxes, right? They're going to look at this, these profit and loss statements to see where the money went and in what categories are appropriate for the IRS, etc. All right, number four is balance sheet. A balance sheet is a snapshot of the company's worth at any given time. Right. So in a private practice, this is largely going to talk about cash on hand. Right. Let's say you um, and every therapist should have at least three to three to six months of your expenses 
in a business savings account. If you don't have that, start building it now. Just automate, let's say, 10% of your revenue to go into a business savings account. Uh, this is your rainy day fund when stuff happens and stuff hits the fan or you need to furnish an office or you get sick for four weeks or whatever it is, right? Uh, it's important to have this money. But a balance sheet, you know, is going to show your company's worth at any given time and the, the, the cash you have on hand is often going to be a big part of, of that. Number five, cash flow. Another handy one, right? It's money coming in and going out, the cash flow. This is also referred to as liquidity. So liquidity is, is important to, to, to know. Um, you want to be cash flow positive, right? Meaning that you have earned or kept more money than you've spent, right? You've earned more money than you've spent. It's not about the money you make. It's about the money you keep, right? We're going to talk more about that in a second. Number six, cash flow projection. Well, it helps you. Uh, cash flow projection can help you plan ahead for future growth as well as risk. Right. So based on historical data with your with your finances, how much are you, mo uh, you know, and, and also considering the rate of growth. If you keep growing at this rate, how much are you going to be generating and spending, you know, in three months from now or six months or in a year or five years or whatever. Right. So cash flow projection can be really helpful and also really helpful for budgeting. Number seven. Revenue. Revenue is just your sales, right? It's just money received from sales. Pretty simple, right? Gross profit, number eight. And the, the, this is um, a little bit of a tricky one for us. Revenue, gross profit is revenue minus the cost of goods sold. I think this is easier to explain in uh, if we were selling like a physical product, like a gadget. So your gross profit would be your revenue minus the cost of the goods sold. So in, for instance, if I'm selling a gadget for $100, uh, it, but it took me $80 to create that gadget, my gross profit would be $20, right? And that's still not the money that I keep. But that's just um, basically the money that it took to create the product or, in our case, service. That's gross profit. Number nine, final one. And again, by far the most important one, it's net profit or often referred to as net income. Your net profit is the residual income that a business is left with after paying all expenses, right? I see this all the time, especially group practice owners that don't manage their money very well. When you see really high revenue, right, or gross revenue, you know, 50, 60, 70, 80K, but their net profit is really bad. You know, it's a few grand a month or it's negative, right? Spending too much, paying your clinicians too much, whatever it might be just mismanaging the finances there. So again, it's not about the money you, you know, generate. It's about the money that you keep at the end of the day. You could have a solo practice that is, uh, has more net profit or net income than a big group practice, right? It's all about your margin, right? Um, so um, before we get into the, the, the next part, I want to remind you guys that uh, if you're listening to this right now, the doors to Business Made Human are open now for a limited time. They open just twice a year. Business Made Human is my weekly mastermind program. You'll meet with me and a group of like-minded peers at your level uh, every single week for an hour. I'm also teaching curriculum like this. So my Business Made Human curriculum every single week, we're going to, we're working on the building blocks of business to strengthen your business or um, um, what have you. 
So um, this also is going to include, this program also includes weekly office hours with me where basically you get unlimited coaching. You pop on Zoom every single week, come in, get help whenever you need it. So it's a great program, also a strong sense of community. You're going to have some support from your peers. And um, uh, we really need to stay connected right now more than ever. Burnout is at an all-time high. The world's a crazy place. It's important to stay connected because your clients need you and you got to take care of yourself first so you can keep helping them. If you're interested in Business Made Human, head to the link in the description right away or head to privatepracticeworkshop.com. Click on Business Made Human to book a call with me and let's get your spot reserved. All right. So that's all I've got for today. These were your, this is your essential financial vocabulary, working on your financial literacy. Again, I hope this was helpful, short, sweet, and to the point. Um, you can look forward to more episodes every single Monday now that I'm back on back in the saddle, as they say. And uh, um, yeah, I'm excited to to keep uh, keep teaching you guys and, and continue to uh, hopefully offer some value in your lives. So that's it for now. Thanks again for being here. I'll see you next week. Don't forget to check out Business Made Human. All right, see ya. Bye.